This episode of the Oz Movie Geek podcast is sponsored by Kix. Kix is an online film and television retailer specializing in the latest Sony, Universal, and Paramount films and television shows. You can use the exclusive code OZGEEK15 to receive 15% off your order. Thank you to the wonderful team at Kix. Now to the review. Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pato. I'm back after yet another hiatus, and I do apologize. I have been absolutely flat out and just have not had the time to sit down and record something. So I do apologize because there has been a lot that I've seen. Um, I've been doing snapshot movie reviews still on my Instagram and Facebook accounts, but I've just been really, really busy and I do apologize because um, I did promise a few things and I just haven't been able to deliver on those things. So um, hoping to get back into the swing of things again. But yeah, at the moment, it's very hit and miss. And I do apologize for that because I really want to get back to doing these podcasts more regularly. I'm currently in the process of uh, finalizing my Halloween Spooktacular, uh, Halloween Spooktacular number four. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. I do want to get more involved with things um, and try and yeah really um, yeah try try and do something a little more uh, entertaining for you guys and uh, something you know a little more out there I guess um, um, so yeah I am trying um, and I do apologize but we're here today and what are we here today to talk about uh, Jordan Peele's latest outing uh, nope uh, has hit theaters here in Australia after a bit of a delay was released over in the states mid-july but uh, we've got it here finally at the end of August or halfway through August, and yeah, it was quite a spectacle. Um, you guys will remember I did cover us on the podcast back in 2019 with my good friend Alec. Uh, we did do a a, a real, uh, I guess, debrief and deep dive into that film, um, a film that I quite love. I, I, I've grown to love it even more uh, since recording that podcast back in 2019, and Get Out honestly ranks up there for me in terms of not just horror films, but just films in the last 10 or so years. It, it, it's just such a, a well-crafted, well-acted uh, horror flick, but it also just has that, you know, that, that, that deeper side to it, something that you can really sit down and analyze if you want to, or you can just enjoy it at the surface level as just a, a Twilight Zone-esque uh, horror film and it's just a film that I really do connect with. I, I feel that Jordan Peele's love for cinema and just his beliefs and his uh, I guess sensibilities as, as a creative voice in Hollywood, they all just combine to create something so perfect and you know comparisons made to him and uh, M. Night Shyamalan and their early works and listening to a recent podcast uh, with him sitting down with Jason Bateman, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes on the Smartless podcast, uh, he did discuss how he does draw a lot of inspiration from from Shyamalan and he has a lot of admiration for him. And it's funny to see that the each filmmaker's third big studio outing uh, is centered around the extraterrestrial uh, with with, you know, alien themes and I found that to be really, really creative and clever. And in this film in particular, in Nope, we do see like a real, real connection between that and Signs, M. Night Shyamalan's film. And 
Uh, there's a, a, a obvious homage uh, to the classic Last Supper um, sequence in Signs uh, in Nope with a very similar um, setting and, and scene playing out in this film. And I, I really appreciate that. And I, I love to see Peel grow in terms of what he's able to technically accomplish in front of the camera. Um, there's a lot of really, really creative sequences here and a lot of in-camera practical effects uh, where CGI is used. It's used sparingly and it's used well. And I love that he shoots on location. There's um, some really beautiful shots in this film and, yeah, just a, a really overall, just a, a good-looking movie. So let's get stuck into this one. I do have some thoughts. I'm going to discuss minor spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film yet, I... I'm recommending that you go out and see it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's not scary, um, and I, I'm saying that as as not just a just as a general moviegoer because, as you guys know, I, I am a horror fan. But this film doesn't have those horror sensibilities from Us and Get Out, two films as well that I feel are very mild in that sense. But this is easily his most accessible film to a broader audience in terms of you know it. it, it isn't as, as gory as such. Um, it doesn't have those frequent scares. Um, it is tense, definitely, but it's not scary. So uh, that's my recommendation, guys. And yeah, let's get stuck into this one. So take it away, trailer. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitchers could move, we had skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got a word for that. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. So Nope was written and directed by Jordan Peele and stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Brandon Piera, uh, Michael Wincott, Stephen Yoon, uh, Ren Schmidt and Keith David. 
and follows the residents of a lonely gulch inland um, in inland California who bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Very surface level, but essentially this is a UFO film, which is something that I was really looking forward to. Um, I really like the idea of exploring the unknown and uh, dealing with the themes of, you know, what 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 we are, discovery, um, and I, I find that in this film in particular, Peel does deal with that definitely, but he does it in a very different way where we're dealing with, I guess, the human nature of wanting to know more, but also wanting to control what we don't understand. Um, and that, that's a big part of this film. Uh, we have this very um, interesting um, comparative tissue between Stephen Yoon's character and what um, Daniel Kaluuya is accomplishing. Um, the opening of the film is a sequence with um, OJ, played by Daniel Kaluuya, um, and uh, his father, um, Otis uh, Haywood, played by uh, Keith David. And the two of them are having a bit of back and forth and conversation um, in regards to what they do. Essentially, they're wranglers um, for big Hollywood productions. Um, and it's a job that's very interesting. So essentially, um, they uh, really wrangle horses on the sets of a film, um, controlling the the uh, horses um, to get like you know the the relevant shots when there's a horse in a in a sequence. Um, so it, it is very um, very interesting the way that that all plays out. Um, and, and essentially that opening sequence, uh, Keith David um, passes away due to like an unknown phenomena. Something's hit him in the head, um, which has caused him to die. Um, and it's quite sad. We don't get a lot of emotion um, displayed by Daniel Kaluuya. It's very subtle. Uh, but the subtlety really works for me and it, it's labelled as being a freak accident uh, due to some airplane cargo um, that's hit Keith David unintentionally and that's sort of the catalyst for uh, the rest of the film. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya feels very defeated at this point. He's inherited his father's uh, business. Um, he doesn't really have the support of his sister, uh, who uh, is played excellently by Kiki Palmer um, and is one of the standouts here. I think she's fantastic in the movie. Um, but their relationship is a little strained. Um, we see that uh, she's Emerald, her name is, um, and Emerald is very... Uh, she, she's very self-entitled in the sense that she's looking after herself. She's got big dreams. She wants to be an actress. And that's sort of where she's going and what she's going after. So she doesn't really have the interest in running uh, their business. And I, I found that um, Peel's deflation, sorry, the way that Peel gets that deflation out of Daniel Kaluuya's character um, is really interesting because he does feel very, he, he feels very rejected and, and subverted, I guess, from, you know, what, what he's surrounded by on, in his job, in his life. He just feels very, very distant. And I, I think Kaluuya does such a brilliant job at displaying that. But I think Peel's writing of that character is really interesting because um, not that we get to see him, you know, display anything else um, in, in the early stages of the film. We just see that he, I guess, he wants success, definitely wants success, doesn't know how to get it. Um, and now he's left to run his father's business where he feels like he may not want to do that. Um, and I, I found that dynamic to be really interesting. And I, I think Kaluuya and uh, Palmer have this chemistry with one another and they were just really, really good together. 
Um, I also really appreciated the way that Peel displayed um, those parts of their relationship. I, I thought that the sequences where they're together, it was really fun. Emerald's very like lighthearted, easygoing, and, and very transient uh, in her life. And uh, OJ is, you know, running this business by himself. Um, and there's some really good sequences. There's a sequence earlier on where uh, the two of them are going back to the the house or the ranch, and um, yeah, they're just having a bit of bit of a chat. Um, and he goes down to get Ghost, who is one of the horses on the ranch, and uh, Ghost has run away, and uh, he goes chasing after, and that's our first encounter with the UFO. Um, he sees it jump over the, uh, the 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 mountain range that's close by. Um, and yeah, that whole sequence was really quite terrifying and it's displayed in a way where it's really, um, really interesting and, and terrifying in the sense that you just put yourself in the shoes of that, of that person, you know, you're out in a very secluded part of the world, um, and you've witnessed something that is unexplainable, something that you aren't able to really, you know, discuss because no one's going to believe you. Uh, and I just found that to be really fascinating and the way that it's shot is really beautiful too. Um, it is at night time, but I feel like there was a bit of day for night photography. It's a little unrecognizable though, so uh, easier for me to forget about that part because that's something that does normally infuriate me. Uh, but I really couldn't tell the difference here, which is a really good thing. Um, I found that sequence to be really riveting and, and really fascinating, and I enjoyed that. Um, but getting back to what I was earlier discussing between the comparison of the you know, um, the human need to control something we don't understand. Um, we have this earlier sequence with Stephen Yoon's character um, where he was a child sitcom star um, and he uh, was on the set of a show called uh, Geordie um, and essentially it revolved around a chimpanzee of that name. Uh, and Stephen Yoon uh, was the victim of this horrific uh, incident where this chimpanzee just went berserk and killed uh, two of the cast members. Um, and Stephen Yoon was lucky enough to survive, but obviously having some trauma of that because we, we get a couple of flashbacks to that sequence during the film. Uh, that sequence uh, where we see the young boy um, fist bumping what looks like to be an alien paw. It's not. It's actually a chimpanzee's paw covered in blood, um, which was a nice subversion because in the trailer, out of context, you'd swear it's an alien or a creature of that that sort, and it's not. It's a, um, a chimpanzee's paw. And I found that to be really interesting because we, we see there where we don't have that control over things that we should, you know, like um, if you take a chimpanzee out of its natural habitat, out of its... Um, what it's known and, and, and what it knows. Um, even if you film 40 episodes, they're in the halfway through season two, it mentions of this show. Obviously fictional, but there are the, those comparisons and we've seen recently um, if it's any sort of commentary on where Hollywood is in terms of its the way that it displays animals on set. Um, we've We've moved towards a... CGI focused um, portion of, of that where, you know, uh, real animals are replaced with CGI. And I, I've made my notes that sometimes it doesn't look up to scratch. Uh, even in Nope, uh, we, we do see that um, the chimpanzee is fully CG. It just looks, it's that uncanny valley effect where we can definitely notice it. But I mean, what we see in this film shows that it's very hard to actually disguise uh you know a, a 
that in, in terms of you can't have a real chimpanzee on a movie set because something like that might not happen, but it very well could. And that's the whole thing. I mean, we go back to um, Siegfried and Roy, um, you know, the, the tiger attack in Las Vegas, like classic example, and um, the mistreatment of dogs on a dog's purpose or um, a dog's way home, whatever film uh, that was. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's pretty horrific and pretty horrible. Um, so we don't want that. Um, but at the same time, it, it's finding that happy medium. Um, even in Prey, a, a film that I also thoroughly enjoyed and highly recommend, uh, in Prey, there's a lot of animals in that film that are all CGI. There's a snake, a, uh, a wolf, um, a bear, a leopard, and all of these creatures just don't look right. They look, they look fake. And, but it, it, it's that thing where, you know, where, where is the happy medium? What, what do we do here? Um, and I don't know if that's commentary on that. I'm not sure if Peel was going for that, but something that made me think about it is, you know, like, yeah, I guess that's that's where we are. You know, the horses are real, but they're not really a threat on set. You know, if you treat the horse right, and um, that there is a lot of care and a lot of commentary on that in this film too, where OJ, um, you know, talks about not looking the horse in the eye and don't freak it out, don't have loud sounds around it. Like it, they're very very careful, and I'm sure on set they were like that as well. Um, and there's some fantastic shots of these horses in in this film. Um, but I, I really, really found that fascinating and it did make me think after the film because uh, it is something that I have, you know, uh, thought about recently, I guess, with noticing a lot of that. I, I mentioned in my Cruella review last year that uh, all the dogs were CGI and, um, you know, Call of the Wild that came out in 2020, CGI dogs as well. Um, you know, the art of racing in the rain the year before was a, a real animal. But, um, you know, it, it just really depends on, on the shoot, the type of film, you're not going to put these animals in danger. Um, there is a dog, um, which was very cute, used in Prey, um, but it was, you know, for continuity of the story and the dog was actually adopted by one of the cast members from The Pound, which I think is, fa- like, fantastic. It's wonderful, uh, real happy story. So, um, you know, it, it, there's a shoot where the dog or any type of animal isn't at risk of getting hurt, then I don't think it's an issue. Um, but if you're dealing with dangerous predators and, and we, we can't control them and I don't think that we should control them. So I'm happy for the CGI replacement. I just wish Hollywood would spend that little bit of extra money and time just to make that CGI look better. Um, uh, word to Hollywood, just treat your, your CGI artists a little better and your movies look a little better. Um, but overall, I, I found it to be really, really fascinating, that commentary to be really interesting and like I said, I'm not entirely sure if that's the vibe that Peel was going for, but it's something that, you know, got me thinking and got me questioning um, that throughout the, the film. Um, now, in terms of what is this film, like, you know, what, what, what is the, the, the crux? What is, the, what is the, the flying saucer in the air? Well, it actually is an animal. Um, it's not a, a spaceship with aliens in it. Um, we don't know the origins of it. We can assume that it's extraterrestrial because it's definitely nothing we've seen before. And when it shows its full form, um, it's quite beautiful and, and quite scary at the same time. Um, but it, its movements in the sky are just fascinating. Like I was mesmerized when, um, um, you know, Kaluuya is looking at it and it, it hides over hills and stuff. And he works out from working with horses. You know, you shouldn't look it in the eye and it won't eat you. Um, it's like this unspoken rule of the jungle, really. Uh, and I really found that to be interesting too. But 
um, you know, that they don't want to kill the creature as such, um, but at the same time, it's posing a threat and killing a lot of people. So um, that's the the I, I guess the crux of it. The whole idea behind the film and what they're trying to to accomplish, you know, what OJ and and Emerald and, and their friend Angel, um, who was fantastic in a scene stealer, he works at a Fry's, um, played by um, Brandon Piera, um, and he's the guy that installs the security cameras at their house, and they just all of a sudden become mates with him, and I found that to be really entertaining, like one of the better parts of the movie. Um, the trio of heroes are just this this group of unsuspecting um you know, people who are just trying to make a buck. Uh, essentially, they just want to capture this thing on camera, you know, and, and and make some money. That's the whole idea behind the film. And it's so simple in, in that respect that I, I just found it to be really entertaining. And going back to that comparison between Shyamalan's signs, uh, in signs, obviously, very simple premise too, you know. They've heard of an alien invasion and they're held up at their their homestead, and that's really the premise of the movie. They've seen crop circles in their their crops uh, surrounding their house, and you know there's a lot of other things going on in terms of personal relationships and where the family's at. But um, the film itself is quite simple in its premise, and same here. You know these guys are just trying to capture this thing on camera, um, and I found it to be really really entertaining uh, in in that sense. And even if there's like films stop there, I, I I think with some of these movies of recent, you know, like Prey and and even um, you know Nope, the Black Phone, these films are so simple in their their setups and their their premises, and I I really like that because I just feel that the simpler you go, you know, you don't need to explore lore and and that sort of thing if you don't want to. Um, I don't think that that's you know necessary here in this film. Um, not knowing where these creatures come from. You know, you can theorise all you want, but at the end of the day, that's not important to the story. This creature's here, it's doing what it's doing, and they want to capture it on film, and that's it. Um, I found some of the development of characters to be a little lacklustre. Um, I know that Stephen Yoon's character isn't necessarily important to the story, but we do spend a bit of time setting up that whole Geordie backstory and and I think his relationship of where he's sort of come from and and what he's trying to accomplish I I found it to be a little underwhelming when he just dies Um, essentially he tries to put on a show again to make a buck uh, and this creature just devours everyone in the audience including him his wife and his two kids Um, and I just found it to be really underwhelming uh, in that sequence. I was hoping there was a little more to that, um, but unfortunately it's just where his character finishes up. Um, you know, like we don't need to spend a, a great deal of time with him, but I just feel that uh, where we finish in this film, um, it was would have been a little little more entertaining if we had a, got a little more from his character as such. But at the same time, I understand that, you know, it's a two-hour film. We don't want to spend too much time there, but... Um, yeah, his demise was just a little underwhelming for me. Um, but overall, I thought that the film itself was just really entertaining. It's quite beautiful. Um, it's funny. It's got the Jordan Peele trademark humour, um, humour that works well. There's a couple of laugh-out-loud moments. It's a great moment where um, OJ thinks that he's found the aliens in his barn shed, um, and it's just the neighbouring kids with masks on just spooking him. Um, and the way they move and stuff is really funny, and then he finds himself, like, surrounded by them, and he's trying to capture more on his phone. 
he pulls out his like old Motorola flip phone. He's trying to take a photo and then he sees that there's more than one and he just puts his phone down. He's like, nope, and just runs away. Um, made me laugh, made the whole audience laugh. Everyone got around that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the humor is derived from Angel's character. Um, he is a bit of the comedic relief. The um, His relationship between um, Emerald and OJ during the film I found to be really entertaining. Um, OJ is just so stubborn and really quiet during the movie. So he does come across like an asshole. And I was thinking that during the movie, I was like, if I was in Angel's uh, shoes and the way that OJ speaking to me, I'd call him an asshole. Next scene, Angel calls him an asshole. And I was like, oh, well, that's good. Um, I really liked that dynamic and I found the trio to be really funny. Um, and yeah, overall, guys, this is just a really entertaining movie. Um, we have the stern um, cinematographer um, played by Michael Winton. Um, and I found him to be, sorry, Wincott. Um, and I found him to be really entertaining as well. Um, there's a really entertaining sequence uh, I did allude to in the intro, speaking about the comparisons between Nope and Signs. Uh, and they're sitting around the table and having a bit of a chat. Um, and he just starts speaking the lyrics of Flying Purple People Eater. Um, and it was like really eerie um, and really cool. I really liked that sequence. And uh, like goes to that that fact that I was like talking about you know it's very simplistic and you know you, you hear those lyrics in in the actual song and I remember back in my second grade um we we did like a rendition of it as like a poetry of Stedford um where we actually said the lyrics and we had like a little dance to it as well um and I hadn't thought about that song in ages and then like hearing the words in a different context you know that's like you know eight-year-old kids you know dancing around to it and then having the context shifted um of you know like someone actually saying the lyrics out loud in their circumstance you're like it becomes a completely different beast you know you you end up thinking about it and thinking it's kind of creepy and, and kind of eerie so I, I really like that though the use of that was really really fun in the movie um but overall guys this is a really entertaining movie uh, it's a definite recommend for me on the biggest screen possible. The sound design in this movie is just like off the charts. The score by Michael Abels is fantastic. Uh, he's three from three for me with Peel. Uh, I own Get Out and Us on vinyl, and I've already pre-ordered my copy of Nope on vinyl. Um, you can pre-order it at Waxwork. These beautiful artistic designs of these records are just like beautiful. Um, but Michael Abels' score is really, really solid here. Um, definitely worth your time. But yeah, overall, guys, this is a really entertaining film and Peel does it again. He's three from three. Um, who would have thought that out of the comedy duo, Key and Peel, you know, Jordan Peel is something else. I can't wait to see what he works on next. Uh, really enjoy his creativity. Um, and he just seems like he's a really nice dude. So keep making movies, Jordan. Uh, you're bloody fantastic. So yeah, that brings this episode to a close, guys. So thank you for your patience, and I apologize that I haven't been as active. Um, like I said, life does get in the way. I'm hoping to have a few more reviews out shortly. Um, I'm going to go back to the cinemas and see Beast in the coming weeks, so I'll probably do a review of that. Um, but yeah, look forward to some more reviews coming at you very shortly, and thanks again, guys, for listening. I really do appreciate it. But until next time, peace out.